This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green is being presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantera Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. A hole-in-one, not big. Now it's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Good morning, everybody. Another edition of Tea to Green on the air here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Brian Colsey, along with Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Metis. We thank you for joining us here on Tea to Green. And uh, we've got lots of reaction coming up to last week's PGA Championship. Colin Maracara getting it done, his first ever major, third win already on tour. And uh, Morikawa has gotten off to a great start to his young career. Uh, so we'll talk a lot about that, break down what went on in that event. Uh, Brooks Kepka's comments still in the news. We'll bring those up. Uh, Rory McIlroy's response to Kepka, and then Kepka responding to him. So we got a little back and forth going on on those. Um, that's an interesting story developing. Uh, if you didn't see what happened at the end of the U.S. Amateur event with one of the matches with what a caddy did on the final hole, uh, we'll bring that up. Uh, our Champions to Report and our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week as uh, we get going here on Tee to Green. Before we say good morning to Kevin, we want to remind you that Tee to Green is presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Hey, if you haven't done it yet, great spot to go get your clubs regripped. Maybe get a new putter. Uh, make sure you're fitted properly. You can do that at Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom turf. If you haven't been using your outdoor putting green like I have, chance to go get one courtesy of Custom Turf. Michelob Ultra, good summer for that. Jim Beam, good summer for that as well. And our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Now we say good morning to Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Good morning, Brian. Um, Yes, two things of note, um, and this is not to uh, leave out any of our other partners, but um, uh, Woods to Wedges might be the fastest regripping service you'll ever. Uh, be. I mean, you go, they, they boom, you know, <laughs> bam, they get it done right away. I'm like, I'll come back and pick it up. No, we got it for you. Boom. And then someone else came in right after me and boom, boom, they had two clubs. Donna had it done like in that. I mean, it's just awesome. Uh, and the selection, especially if you know what you want, right, uh, grip-wise. So cool stuff there. And um, and even the few minutes while she's doing it, there's a, there's plenty of eye candy golf stuff to look at there. <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah, there's yeah. No, no question about that. And, uh, uh, yes, it has been a nice, uh, warm summer. And um, our friends from Michelob Ultra, whom I just played golf with uh, a couple of their reps yesterday, uh, it was a great day to spend with them on the golf course, and we thank them for their support, not only this year, but through the years. They've been a great supporter of TD Green for quite some time, our friends at Michelob Ultra. So next time you're at the 19th hole, or that golf cart, that beer cart comes around, grab a Mick Ultra, uh, uh, you know, for us, okay? And then buy us one, too. What the hell? We'll drink it, right, Bray? Uh, we are definitely willing, no doubt about it. Hey, before we get before we get any further, Brian, because I, I don't want to. We're gonna get the PGA Championship here recap, but I just I want to do this right now. I want to congratulate my uncle, my uncle Nin in Fredonia. He's 80 years old and got his first hole in one uh, this past Monday. Congrats! At, yes, uh, at the Vineyard Golf Course, the ninth hole, and he is. I you know the handful of times I played golf with him uh, in my life which is too few, he's got, you know, he's got that Ernie L swing, man. It's just smooth as butter. 
and he hits it straight as an air. I can't believe it's his, his, it was his first hole-in-one. He's that good of a player, and I'm, I'm thrilled for him um, <laughs> that he got his first ace. And, you know, I'm still waiting for mine. I think you're still waiting for yours, right? Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. just cool to hear a story. I get this email from my uncle, and he's like, miracles happen at 80, and he got a hole-in-one. So uh, there's hope for all of us. No doubt about it. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like every time, you know, every few rounds there might be a shot, you're like, oh, maybe this is it, maybe this is it. We're still waiting, but uh, it'll come. It'll come. The, the, Morton, the most important thing uh, the math side of me, Kevin, would say, uh, the analytics side would say that the more shots that you take in terms of playing golf, the greater chance you have of at some point one going in. So this all adds up to that we should be playing as many golf rounds as possible. That's, that's how I'm reading it, right? Uh, yes. Uh, the, you know, although – so I did this once on uh, TD Green TV show, and we did this out at Ivy Ridge. I wanted to do it at Lancaster, but I didn't want to hold up, hold up play uh, at the club. And, but we did this many moons ago, and I want to try it again this year at Lancaster on number four, which I think is the best opportunity – uh, on, on that home club to get an ace. But I, I hit, I was a hundred balls, you know, to see how close, right. Yep. And I didn't come close at all. <laughs> now I also did this once at Dundering Waters, Ed Kilgore and I were set there on a, a John Daly celebrity thing. And I hit the stick twice hitting shots all day long, hitting the same shot all day long. But you think, okay, I can make it happen. And I know Somebody did this on the European tour. They had a player. They set him up with 500 golf balls, and he finally got it, like on whole, on ball number 406 or something like that, hitting the same shot, um, same distance all day long. So, I digress now. Off a of hole in one stories to the PGA Championship, which um, Paul Casey needed a hole in one on 17 to stay in it. Yeah, and boy did. Colin Marcara almost come close to maybe even getting one on a par four. He was tremendous. Finishing the weekend with the greatest – this stat was my favorite of the weekend. The, the greatest weekend in the history of major golf. Like, that's an impressive stat. 65-64, the best weekend pair of rounds in major championship golf. Does that's, it – does it have an asterisk, though, because it's a par 70? Par 70. Well, yeah. Well, when we had our 59 discussion a few months ago, I asked you that, too. I said, we're seeing more and more 59s on the PGA Tour. But I said, ah, why is this any different than anybody shooting 61 when – obviously, the number looks different. We know that. But for a long time, all courses were 72. But – on the PGA Tour now, guys hit it so long, they've converted a lot of fives into fours. So now you have par 70s. So you're already two less than you would have. Maybe you had all these, you know, everyone's like, well, what is, is everybody hitting it farther now? Yes. But how about go back 20 years when most of the courses they played were 72s? Let's look at how many 61s there were. It's the number under par, maybe, I guess, is kind of where you're going with this, right? Yes, yeah, and this is not to take away from what Colin Morikawa did because he was phenomenal. Uh, it was an unbelievable performance, especially down the stretch there. Um, you know, we could talk about that drive on 16. I think the chip in on 14 was uh, everything for him. I think that the momentum gained from that chip in after, what, he hit, he, he hit a terrible shot. Right, an an un Morikawa like shot. This guy's one of the best ball strikers in the world, and you know he had a, a nine iron in hand, and he he did what we would do. He pushed it right, right. Like yep. You know, it was just it, it fell though. He was like, oh, what was that? And then he chips in, and it's like, well, that's some that's that was stuff Tiger Woods used to do, Brian. Right. Absolutely. He not only would he come up with a clutch shot, but he would do it at the much at the most clutch moment. And to be able to do with what he did with some of those holes down the stretch, and even on 18, he thought maybe he missed it because there was trouble left with the water and the rough, and it ends up being just behind the hole. Really, uh, ends up being almost a perfect shot, a great spot for him to uh, safely two putt and get himself in there with a nice victory. But I mean, the moment, of course, that 
people will remember from this tournament is the play on 16, the drivable par four. And everybody seemed to have different results at it this week. Even the, the, big, the big guys, Finau and DeChambeau, that were together trying to chase, uh, they couldn't get that done the way Morikawa did. And it just took the perfect – he even said, too, he's like, look, it took a perfect bounce for me, too. But his accuracy is a big reason why. Again, I, I don't know if it ended up that way, but in terms of uh, accuracy off the tee, one of the best in the field. In terms of driving accuracy, I believe he did finish number one. Yeah, he did. 70% driving accuracy, finished tied for first. Uh, so that's pretty impressive stuff for him. And when you're putting as well as he is and you're not in trouble – that's a recipe for a chance to win every week on the PGA Tour. Well, let's talk about the T-ball on 16. Because, you know, this is a great thing about drivable par fours. Um, and particularly that par four. You had a hazard to the left. Remember, Dustin Johnson went in it and drops and chips in for birdie. But uh, you had a hazard on the left. You got trees on the right. And, you know, it's a short hole. You could play that seven ways to Sunday, Brian. I mean, it's just so many different ways you could play it. Well, what did Morikawa do? He played it aggressively, right? I always, uh, I think of, you know, the, the quote from Arnold Palmer, you must play boldly to win. He played boldly to win, right? I mean, he, he knew what position he was in, and he knew birdie, uh, you know, he was just a two-putt birdie, getting close, birdie uh, close to solidifying it, and he gets – I mean, he had a perfect shot. I mean, let's, you know, let, let's give the kid credit. I think he even said, let's make something happen here. And he also went back on his experience at Muirfield Village in the workday and driving the 14th hole, uh, doing that, which is in a, <laughs> a very aggressive play. And just said this shot uh, sets up very similar to it. A little high cut, and he did it, and he pulled it off. That's what you have to do to win a major championship. I mean, think about it. Paul Casey played an excellent round of golf to put himself in position. Dustin Johnson didn't play great, but he didn't play incredibly poorly either. Uh, that was a tough golf course uh, to play. And those two finished 11 under and, and tied for second. Any other time, you'd say, wow, okay, this is a great showing. But this kid pulled it off in the final five holes with a chip in and then an unbelievable drive and an eagle. So, Kudos to Colin Morikawa for going for it, for uh, not being intimidated by the moment and hitting iron off the tee to play it safe, I guess is what I'm saying here. The kid went for it, and it paid off, and it paid off big time. Brian Coziel, Kevin Sylvester. We'll get to PGA Pro Jeff Minas with our tip of the week here coming up in just a little bit here on the show. Uh, our PGA leaderboard check right now brought to you by Callaway Chrome Soft. This ball is different, and also by Puma Golf Shoes. Uh, one thing about Morikawa, he's won three times, and everybody talks about his mature approach for being so young, his mental approach. He doesn't seem like he's flappable. He's got a good attitude. How much of that, Kevin, do you think could we tie it at all? And maybe, I'm, maybe there isn't, but he decided to stay in school for four years. He decided to, that college was important. His education was important. He obviously comes from a family that valued that. A lot of guys are as talented as Morikawa has come out early. And I'm not saying that that is a wrong decision in any capacity. But he decided to stay through when he probably could have turned pro maybe a year or two earlier. I'm wondering if maybe just his mature aspect, he seems grounded. He's, you know, he's talked about family, even his girlfriend, education. Like That attitude might be helping him play good golf right now. He's, you know, for his age, what he's doing, he seems like he's handling it in a really mature fashion. He, he is a very mature kid. Uh, he's 23. He's still a kid. Certainly a kid to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, obviously he's put work into. Let's not, you know, there's there's talent, but you got to work at it too. You know, like Tiger Woods had this great talent, but he work, you know, it works at it, continues to work at it. The amount of work that Colin Morikawa has put in out of doing so. I mean, his cut is making the cut streak debuting the tour. Um, a year ago. It's a second year in two, by the way. He's not a rookie. People uh, get that mistake. And matter of fact, other golfers mistake that because I hosted a virtual pro-am for the FedEx St. Jude and the other players in there are like, well, you're a rookie. He goes, I'm not a rookie. I'm in my second year. And it's funny, one of the, one of the questions from the sponsors in the virtual pro-am was, what did you buy yourself after, after you won? He was a Tyrrell Hatton was part of this group. And 
Tyrrell Hatton's like, well, when I won the Turkish Open, I bought myself a really nice car. It was red. And I'm like, I go, come on. We know you guys make a great living here. I, I assume, was it a Ferrari? He's like, yeah, it was a Ferrari. I'm like, okay, it's cool. People want to know that stuff. I'm like, Colin, how about you? He's like, yeah, I don't really know. I, I, you know, I haven't really. I go, well, you just won the other week. He's like, nah, I, 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 you know, I, I got myself a decent watch. Like, it was, yeah. <laughs> like he's just like, no, I hadn't gone out and done anything like that yet. Probably because A, he's working, but also just, you know, I, his values on work ethic. And you could tell his family, like he was on, on the phone. It was just a nice moment. So, um, and we're going to see a lot more of that, that kid. He's, he's going to win a lot more if he continues to hit the ball the way he hits the ball. Uh, finding fairways. I mean, that, that was the other thing. You mentioned it, number one in accuracy. That's why Paul Casey was up there too, finding the fairway. It was at a premium at the PGA Championship. And I actually love the course setup. I love that. We talked about it last week on the show. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, Jeff is not here to defend this, but I think they came up with a score in mind that three, four under each day is a good score. It's a great score. And what it turned out to be, just about that, Brian, yep. right? So um, I thought Kerry Haig did an awesome job setting up that golf course for a major championship, and it was great to see. Sure, the Bombers were up there with a chance to win, but the the guy who was most accurate won. Yeah, we have been debating all year long about is, De Bry is Bryson, Bryson DeChambeau's method of just bombing it past everybody ultimately the way golf's going and look who wins the first major of the year, the most accurate player off the tee. So there you go. Now, is hitting it 350 great? Yes, because DeChambeau also had a chance to win. He ends up finishing tied for fourth. Let's look at some of these other players uh, that had an interesting week. DeChambeau, Finau playing together. They both end up shooting 66 on the final day, Kevin. Um, Finau, I feel like, is just so close. He's been chomping at the bit all year, a ton of top tens. He gets a – Jason Day is right there with a 60. You, you mentioned Dustin Johnson, who played pretty well. He went in with the lead, shot a 68. Day, 66. Finau, 66. DeChambeau, 66. Casey, 66. I mean, Casey's had a history of maybe not finishing. There's nothing wrong with all these what, – what these players did in the final round of a major championship. Morikawa, 64, was the deserving winner. Most of these guys here, we can't really say anything negative about what they did. No, that's correct. And, and that's the PGA Tour now. There is so much talent. And when you have high achievers, so let's put Morikawa in this category twice, right? Uh, within his first two years on tour. So he's won each year and he's coming off a win. And look, he lost in a playoff in Fort Worth, right? At the, the first event, the restart. So maybe another win. This guy's a high achiever. He's going for it. These guys are going for it. They're not, they're not going for, hey, I need to earn some more money, whatever. These guys are going to win the golf tournament. And for some guys, it's going to work out. For some, it's not. And how, how does that relate to you? When you're playing this weekend and you see a tuck pin, you know, most likely you're, you're not going for the pin. You're going for the center of the green. These guys are going to the pin. They're, you know, they're, <laughs> they're going to win. So um, one guy played unbelievable. And – it reminded me of the Century Tournament of Champions a few years ago. Gary Woodland had a three-shot lead going to the final day, Brian, in Maui. Shoots five under, five under par with a three-shot lead. That wins every week on PGA Tour, except for that week, because Xander Shoffley shot a 62 uh, to win. It happens. It happens. The one round that we didn't see coming, all these 66s and 68s, that was impressive. It was the second worst round of round four, and that came from Brooks Kepka, who went into the final day with a chance to win. Asked about his experience. Would that be the difference in the final round? And he doubled down on that and saying, yes, my experience, my four majors. He's like, there's really nobody else at the top that have won any. He goes, other than DJ, who, by the way, I thought was one of his best buddies on tour. Maybe he still is. Uh, he's like, he's had trouble finishing, even though he has won. Uh, Kepka goes out and shoots the second worst round of all the field with a 74. So how shocked were you to see that? Stunned. Absolutely stunned. Um, you know, I wasn't surprised at the talk from Kepka because that's what he does, right? Um, he's not, 
he doesn't, you know, I, I think people take it the wrong way in some regards. Um, I, I don't think he was just speaking matter of fact, I thought, you know, kind of like, well, I look at the board there and I, you know, I'm not sure of the other guys. He, he did, by the way, back away from that comment. There was an Eamon Lynch uh, from USA Today interviewed him this week at Sedgefield. And he asked him about the DJ comments. He's like, no, I'm not going to apologize to DJ for those. I don't even, I'm not even going to address it with him, you know. Um, and, and I have no problem with Rory. I feel like, hey, he's, uh, he's, being, he's speaking the truth, too, uh, you know, about me. I didn't back it up. But he goes, I, I, I am sorry that I look past the other guys on the board. I was disrespecting them. I didn't mean to. I just always look at the top. I wasn't really paying attention to who was around me, and I should have done that better. So, you know, there's a little bit of a mea culpa there, kind of like – because he's like, you know, these guys are – I came up with these guys. We all know each other. But he's also very public about not being buddies with anybody on the tour and almost too proud of it, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. But if that's what it takes to get him to go out there to compete to want to beat these guys, then that's what it takes. I mean, yeah, they're all big boys. They can take it. Social media was enjoying Kepka's, as they said, karma coming his way on Sunday. He was definitely uh, – it's usually DeChambeau that I know when I'm watching uh, an event and scrolling through my Twitter feed, but it was Kepka that people were enjoying seeing that happen to. But, but you know, give Kepka credit uh, for this, all right? Yeah, it's, it means – he even said, look it, I talk the talk, I didn't walk the walk, right? I have to own that. I'm okay. But he also played fast and was cheering on Paul Casey. Even Paul Casey said, yeah, Kepka was a gentleman out there where, you know, the guy could be all ticked off because it's not going his way and whatever. But, no, he was rooting on this guy to try to win his first major. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. All my dealings with Kepka um, when I've had an interview with PGA Tour Radio, been around him, I don't know, you know, sometimes he's made comments about announcers, you know, <laughs> he talked too much, whatever. Uh, and they've all been good. They've all been good, even off air. They've been been good. Um, so overall, I, I think he's a, he's a good dude. I think he's good for golf. You want to call him Black Bart? Call him Black Bart. Whatever. Uh, I think it's you need more personalities in golf, and he's certainly a personality. And listen, he's only been talking really since he's won majors, right? Who knows? He's right. maybe felt this way all the time, and he waited until he won something to say something. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Personality is good. Perfect segue into what we're going to finish this segment with. Talking about TV personalities, how about Phil Mickelson's debut as TV analyst? Yeah. That got a rave review, and we talked about Kepka saying stuff about DJ and Rory. Even the little uh, Mickelson-Faldo seems <laughs> thing going on. Uh, that Phil kind of started it, and I don't know if it's finished yet. It may keep going. It was. Uh, well, first of all, I, I'm not surprised Phil is is great with the, the commentary because uh, he is excellent at talking golf. I mean, he just and he's great. He's good. You know, if he wants to do that, he'd be phenomenal at it. There's no doubt in my mind. But using that play, I mean, that opening salvo at Faldo, I mean, uh, it was stunning just to hear it. You're like, oh, my God. And then for, you know, for to go right over Faldo's head. And Jim Nance with a quote of the year, maybe. Use your imagination, my dear boy. It was funny. Very yeah. funny. Yeah. He, uh, what was it? I do three things well, talk golf. There's three things golf. I do well. I, I play golf, talk golf. I play golf and talk golf. And Feld was like, well, what's the third thing? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, come on, Phil. You you said three things, and that's when Nance was like, he's setting yeah. you up. Use yeah. your imagination, my dear boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was excellent. The, the knowledge that he has about other players' swings is so good. I mean, we know he knows these courses as good as anybody on the planet, Kevin. He knows the greens what each shot's going to do, what the weather's going to do to affect. I mean, we know that he's a mastermind at that. Ever since he kind of was on that train of preparing for majors and then he wanted Augusta and he would go and prepare, like he got into that mode and he's been great with it ever since. Uh, but how he knows everybody else's swing so well 
I mean, this guy's a genius of the game in many ways, and that was another example. He is uh, um, he's a different cat. I'll tell yeah. you that because I, I, I have a friend who's close with him. And he's just he's a he's a he's a different guy. He thinks differently. I mean, just look at everything he does with the coffee, the shades, like he does things differently, right? And yeah. but it's worked for him. And he he, he continues to reinvent himself um through throughout the years. Remember, he was like everybody loved Tiger and hated Phil, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like a an A-Rod deal. Like everybody loves A-Rod now. <laughs> everybody loves Phil now. It's uh Pretty good stuff. So absolutely. All right. Before we go to break here, a couple uh, people that we want to thank. First of all, the folks at Niagara Frontier Golf Club, uh, the head pro Dan Engineer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. And the membership director, Jake Tyno, for their sponsorship of our coverage of the PGA Championship last week, our two-hour show, our giveaways on social media, uh, if you're not following them on Twitter, at Niagara Frontier, they gave away four different sets of free golf uh, for two during the course of the PGA Championship So and, uh, brought, and uh, brought us that extra hour of our show last week. So uh, thanks to everybody up there. If you want to contact Jake, a real fun course to play. If you've never played it up in Youngstown, maybe considering a membership, uh, very affordable as well. They've got a great special going on right now here too. Just 1000 bucks for the rest of the year. Play as much as you want the rest of the year. And then that credit, that 1000 is a credit for next year. I mean, Kevin, that's as good as you're going to get here. That's, a, that, that's an amazing deal. That's fantastic. You're talking about a fun course to play. Um, it certainly is. Great folks up there, too, at Niagara Frontier. Yep. And congratulations to our Tee to Green Majors Challenge winners. Uh, we actually had two prizes to give away, which is nice. We'll get to that. Uh, Shanthala Berger ends up winning – she picked Morikawa, one of only three entries that had Morikawa, by the way. 40 entries, Kevin, three had the winner. Wow. So uh, she had Morikawa. She also had DeChambeau, and she had McElroy. Um, so that ended up being first, and she got a prize package courtesy of Batavia Downs Gaming. She gets hotel, restaurant, gift card, free play money in the casino. So congrats. Sweet. And, yep, second place goes to Jeff Bredo. Jeff had... Morikawa as well. His other two were Hovland and Matthew Wolf, who finished in a tie for fourth. So he finished second, and he got a prize package courtesy of Golf Buffalo. He's going to get a shirt, a quarter zip, uh, some balls, a hat. So uh, a nice uh, prize package there, courtesy of Golf Buffalo. Yeah, awesome stuff. Congratulations to our winners. And hey, even though um, we won't be weekly on radio show, we will have the Majors Challenge for the U.S. Open coming up. And yes. the Masters. So yes, September and uh, November. So get, tell your friends. And maybe Brian some wants more work to track all this stuff. Oh yeah, more and maybe some special on-air stuff. We're 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 working on that. Hey, before we go to break here, Kevin, uh, I know I've said that three times already. Let's squeeze in one more thing here. I know you played Attica Country Club, and you wanted to say a few words about that. Yeah. So uh, you know, Scott Howard, uh, we had him on. Oh gosh, just over a month ago. Uh, Attica's uh, 10th hole in golf course. It's a nine-hole course, Brian. Great topography. It was my first time being out there. But the greens were amazing. Absolutely. I'm, I'm telling you, they were phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So uh, kudos to Scott Howard uh, for the shape he had, uh, the golf club in there. And next time I go, I am bringing my fishing pole because there's a small pond to the left of the first hole, which is a drivable par four. 
Um, although I think I might lay up next time so I could spin the golf ball in there because everything runs away. But I'm yeah. bringing my fishing pole because I took a peek over in the pond and there were a couple of largemouth bass that are begging to be on the end of my pole, man. Holy smokes. Giant bass. I couldn't believe how big they were in there. So anybody goes out, don't don't catch them. I'll catch and release, but I want to, I want to get them. Okay. Okay. Yep. So if you're out near Attica, great place to play. And they got a good restaurant too. Attica's 10 oh, years old. Yeah. The wing, we had some wings before the round. They were outstanding. Top notch. Very good. Yes. Okay. Time out. When we come back, we'll bring pre-GA pro Jeff Medes in. We'll get his Western New York PGA tip of the week. Kevin and I will be back a little bit later on too as well. We've got to talk about what the caddy did in the U.S. amateur, if you haven't seen that. Also, uh, a little update, Kevin, on my club championship. I want to get your two cents on, uh, on that as well. Champions to report. All that and more coming up as we roll on here on T to Green on WGR. Back with more right after this. You're listening to Tea to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned. More tea. We're back on Tea to Green. want to thank our friends at Scroy Financial for their support of Tea to Green this year. The local family-owned financial planning firm, they have been helping Western New Yorkers since 1971 achieve their financial goals. So whether you're just getting started or you'd like to review your, your current plan, set up a meeting, maybe you missed out the rebound because you didn't know what you were doing, trying to do it yourself, give our friends at Scroy Financial a call. They offer a complimentary one-hour consultation. Their office is in West Seneca. They can do it remotely. We can do everything remotely now. We can teach school remotely. That's a whole nother show. 716-674-6700. <laughs> for Scroy Financial. ScroyFinancial.com. It's spelled S-G-R-O-I Financial.com. And thanks to the Jumpa Agency, Allstate agent Frank Jumpa and his agencies, offices in Williamsville and Clarence. Check them out for your insurance quote. Uh, does a great job of my insurance. And... They supported that majors contest that uh, many of you were part of last week. So check out the Jumpa Agency. Yeah, thanks to uh, that for, for their support of the majors challenge, Batavia Downs, and uh, now Golf Buffalo. We've got uh, some, some area supporters of that majors challenge to make it bigger and better for you. Uh, we'll have that again coming up uh, in about a month for the U.S. Open, which is at Wingfoot. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit here about, an, I guess you'd say an unfortunate story here, Kevin. Um, the U S amateur is going to finish up this weekend. It's good stuff. So check it out. Match play is always fun to watch. There's so many different, I guess you'd say tough ways to lose on the final hole of match play, but I've never seen this before. A golfer actually has nothing to do with losing. So Segundo Olivia Pinto ends up losing to Tyler Strafasi. Uh, this happened on Thursday in the round of 16. How does Olivia Pinto lose? Because of the actions of his caddy. Here's the, the quick version of the story. Strafasi and Olivia Pinto are tied, going to the 18th hole. Uh, Strafasi is a, a player from Georgia Tech. Olivia Pinto uh, is going to be playing at Arkansas this year. Back and forth at Bandon Dunes, a really cool course, by the way, so check that out as well when you're watching this weekend. Uh, uh, Olivia Pinto wins the 13th hole and the 16th hole. He was two down. He gets it back to even. They're tied playing the 18th. Olivia Pinto hit his ball into the bunker to the right of the green in the last hole, about to play his fourth shot. His local caddy then ends up bending down into the bunker and rubs his hand over some of the sand. According to rule 12.2B, Kevin, that's a no-no, and the match ended right there. What a tough way to lose. Tough way to lose. The caddy had been roasted. He's getting roasted. It's a rookie caddy at Bandon Dunes. Now, uh, there's more to this. First of all, Oliva Pinto posted a photo with him and the caddy smiling and saying, it's all good. It's no one's fault. Like, forgave him, right? Um, like, kind of like lay off the guy. Um, the veteran caddies, many of them chose not to work inside a bubble. You had to pass two tests, work in the bubble to work the USAM. 
Uh, a lot of veteran caddies at the resort chose to work other co other courses, probably make more money uh, doing so. It's their livelihood there. Uh, Sheep Ranch, the new course, which I want to go play, want to go to Bandon. But anyway, um, so all the caddies came out supported this guy. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd done a good job up until that point. I mean, it's a crucial mistake uh, that he made. To I mean, obviously, the guy feels terrible about it. Uh, although, you know, it was one of those things like, I didn't touch the sand, like, you know, just one of those denial things. It happened. It was caught on camera. But what class from uh, the player to say, it's all good. I forgive him uh, and move forward. So that I thought that that's the great story out of this. It's a class the player showed. Yep. Could have easily been really mad at him, and understandably so. And he chose to take the high road. So uh, kudos yeah. to him for that. Yeah, I mean, understandably, of course you'd be upset and disappointed. But uh, and Now, some might wonder, Brian, like, well, why was the match over? If you commit an infraction or your caddy commits an infraction, it's loss of hole immediately. Yeah. It is not a stroke in match play. It's not stroke uh, violation. It is loss of hole. Uh, with that. Now, if you're playing with partners, it's a two-man match, and your partner commits an infraction, he's out of the hole, he or she, and you are solo on the hole. Yeah, good just, explanation on that. Right, you're just thinking, hey, people would say, was that a stroke? Is he still in it? But no, it was with match play, it's just a loss of hole. By the way, by the way, if you inadvertently, like say you dropped a club in the sand, like you're in the sand, you dropped yep. it, not a penalty. Right, you, especially so, now, right, with that new updated rule, anything that's inadvertent, yeah. Now, if you take a backswing and move sand, we know that's a two-stroke penalty. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. By the way, I know that some of your local club rules may be different with bunkers right now, whether or not, you know, it's the lift clean in place, rake in place, like because of COVID, we know that is what it is. But let's pretend there's no COVID at all, Kevin. The USGA rules have been changed, updated uh, since that 2019 change now that you're right. If it's unintentional, um, there's a little more leniency now than what there used to be. So, By, by uh, the way, one other, one other thing, a veteran caddy from Bandon said having no rakes at Bandon may have contributed to this because they didn't have rakes during COVID. They said they might have contributed to this. So anyhow, go ahead. Yeah. Let's finish here in our final minute here on T to Green. Um, Tiger commits to playing next week. The FedEx Cup playoffs will start next week. This week's the Wyndham, the last tournament, regular season tournament labeled. Uh, but then T TPC Boston is next week, Kevin. You're going to be there. We're looking for – we'll talk to you. But Tiger will be there, so that'll uh, add some buzz. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I love that golf course. It's a huge property, man. That is a long walk. Um, and it'll be interesting to be there without fans. Um, and, you know, because the, the, the galleries in Boston – that would uh, in Norton Mass, where the golf course is, around Tiger. Last time he played there, I had him uh, covering him and walking with him. And it's it's an experience. You know, Brian, walking with Tiger Woods, man, it's an experience. Um, and, yeah, it, it doesn't shock me that that he's going to play. I, I think he wants to rev up in the competition um, for Wingfoot uh, coming up. And playing in that part of the country will be the closest he's going to get to conditions at Wingfoot. If he plays well, he could play three weeks in a row. He could play then the BMW and then the Tour Championship. If, if but if he wins, play. if he wins, he, he probably might. doesn't go to the BMW. That's true. If he gets that many points that he knows that he's in already. Yes. We'll have to see. It's, yep. uh, it, 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 I tell you what, though, that is a uh, big boys golf course, TPC Boston. That, that'll, be, that'll be fun to see. Looking forward to that. Yeah, playoffs are starting as uh, the golf season continues to be great here. Thanks, everybody, here for listening as we put a wrap on the show. Thanks to PGA Pro Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester. I'm Brian Cozio. Kevin, we'll talk to you next week from Boston. Looking forward to that. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we appreciate you listening to Tee to Green. Enjoy your weekend right here on WGR. Welcome back. Segment number two here on T to Green. Brian Colziel, Kevin Sylvester, sitting this segment out. He'll be back for segment number three. Uh, PGA Pro Jeff Metis is joining us here now. Uh, Jeff, good morning. And uh, Kevin and I spent quite a bit of our first segment talking about the PGA Championship. Colin Marikawa getting his first major win. Uh, before we get to our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week this segment, uh, let's just get a couple thoughts from you on what you thought from the PGA. Uh, Marikawa holds on at one point. There was a seven-way tie, a ton of big names. Paul Casey pushes him near the end. 
uh, but Morikawa getting it gets it done. Yeah, it was cool to watch. It was it was fun golf to watch. You know, and it, I like that he said he's a, he's a scoreboard watcher, so he knew where he was. He knew he had to make a make a score somewhere. That drive on sixteen that'll go down in a major championship lore. Um, great eagle there. You know, I mean, I'm sure it's been said a million times. The kid's been on tour 15 months. He's won three times. He's missed one cut, and one of his wins is a major. Pretty darn good. I thought the golf was very entertaining. You know, I'm not, I'm not even noticing that the fans aren't there. You know, I'm just – I got into the golf, and uh, and that's what you want to be able to do when you watch it. Ton of fun. That guy's he's great. He's going to be around for a long time. I got to watch some videos of him training physically, pretty impressive physically, as they all are. So so I was rooting for him. It was fun to see. My boy Brooks Kepka. Uh, put a little stain on his reputation, I feel, that week and didn't play well. Had second-worst score that day, which I was very surprised by. But um, but overall, I thought it was great. I enjoyed watching every minute of it, and it went down the last hole. It was, it was really, really cool. Kevin and I talked a little bit about this in the first segment, but um, you've coached college golf, and I wanted to get mm-hmm. your opinion on this. Um, golfers of Morikawa's talent level have mm-hmm. left college early. Of course, Tiger left a little early. Spieth left Texas, I think, after – two years maybe anyway yep. when you're at that talent level that you think you can make the pga tour like morikawa definitely was a lot mm-hmm. of guys don't stay the full four years and i don't necessarily i'm i don't say it's right or wrong to do that but morikawa chose to to stay all four he said that he wanted to get his college education it was important to his family to get his degree he also said he really enjoyed just the college experience being with his teammates and, and i guess now my question to you here as a college coach Staying that extra time, even though he's only been on tour a year and a half and he is 23, we keep talking about how he's like taking such a mature approach to the course. And look, it's not the, the long driver that won the PGA Championship. It was the most accurate driver. And I'm, all these kind of tendencies, I'm wondering, you know, as you coached golfers that were in that 18 to 22-year-old range, I mean, are, do you see an extremely mature individual here in what you see in Morikawa and what he's bringing to the game? I do. And, you know, I never coach anybody of his ilk, you know, of his yeah. talent. But, you know, part of the joy of being a college coach is watching these kids come in as a, you know, 17, 18 year old boy. And by the time they leave as seniors, they're, they're young men. And, um, and you do learn a lot. And that would be just the best advice for any of those guys that are even borderline tour players. It's so hard and there's so many variables you can't control. You're always going to be better off getting your degree. But that extra, that senior year, those last two years of college, that junior and senior year, I've noticed a ton of maturity from the players, especially boys. You know, they're going to change a lot throughout those years. Uh, I do think it, he's very mature. He's, you know, if you're in that situation, you're traveling by yourself, you've got a team, you have to be mature to, to have that discipline and work that hard to be that good of a player. So that, that goes without saying that he's mature if he's, if he's playing that well. That is not – he has God-given talent, but he has worked his butt off also to get where he is. Yeah. We talked about it last week, how the PGA of America just set up the course great. And, boy, that 16th hole, the drivable one, turned out mm-hmm. to be great theater. I mean, you had the big guys, DeShambo and Finau, playing together on that hole. Casey took a different approach, who played phenomenal, by the way. Paul Casey did not lose that tournament. Morikawa just won. No. And then Morikawa, of course, drives it, and it hits the slope just perfectly, rolls off the edge of the bunker right toward the hole. Um, what a great idea to put that there. and. Right. I wouldn't want that to be 18 either. I think 16, like it just, I know you can't design the course on the fly, but it kind of flowed perfectly, I thought. And, and there's a plan for that. And those things are in the discussions. I've been in some of those meetings and, and met with the guys that are setting up the golf course. It's, it's pretty interesting stuff. And, you know, it's interesting to see long hitters laying up there too, you know, trying to put a wedge in their hand, you know, not feeling, um, you know, it is hard to get up and down. They give you options. You know, you'll love when a golf shot and a golf hole gives you options especially in a major championship. And, and one of the options was trying to drive it. Did he get lucky? Yes. Did he hit a great shot? Yes. And did he make the putt? That's the most important thing. None of it's remembered if he, if he misses that putt. So um, I do think the course was set up well. I do like that they allow the players to make birdie and show off the greatest player in the world's skills. Sometimes I think the majors just try to penalize, or I think it's getting better, but in years past, they tried to penalize the golfer. I think now they're trying to show off the skill of these great players. Yeah, I agree. Brian Colziel, PGA Pro, Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester coming up uh, in the third segment with me here on T to Green on WGR. Okay, uh, Champions Tour report here quickly brought to you by Donald Ross Clothing, the official clothing of all of us right here on T to Green. Uh, this week, they are playing 
at a course that you might be familiar with on the PGA Tour. Uh, it's the Bridgestone Senior Players Championship. So that's a major, and it's at Firestone Country Club in Akron. Jeff, when they redid the PGA Tour schedule last year, I was really disappointed that this event, which um, had been taking place so many years, uh, was gone. I always touted it as one of the best, like, kind of uh, three, four-day trips you could take because it was always on the same weekend as NFL Hall of Fame weekend. You could go to the Hall of Fame. You could go to the ceremony. And then in the morning, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you could go watch uh, some of the golf tournament. It was a world golf event. Now, the champions, two players are here. And with it being a major, a senior players championship, you're going to get the best field in senior golf. But that Firestone course has had so many memorable moments. Tiger has a ton of them there. Uh, I really love that course. And going there and, and watching and spectating a few years, uh, I, I just think it's a great layout. Yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't seen the course in person, um, but I, um, you know, I've seen it on TV a million, jillion times, and it, it's one of those places, it's just, it's got the look of a major tournament golf course. Everywhere you look, the big trees, the big golf course, a really, really cool place. I saw a Twitter, I retweeted this week, you know, there was Ernie Els, Freddie Couples, and BJ Singh hitting balls next to each other, and the quote was, yeah, that's three of the best rhythms in the game of golf. Yeah, so if this if we could go, it'd still be a great trip to drive down there and watch these seniors play because you're getting the best senior players in the world showing up for this event. Yeah, no doubt. All right, our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week time here brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western PGA has one goal, promoting and growing the game of golf today, tomorrow, and beyond. Um, tying in to my club championship last weekend at Tantara, I, in my, uh, where my handicap fit, I was kind of right in between the top flight, the championship flight and the single A flight. And, uh, the, the, the pro there, Don Schneider says, go for it, play up, play up. So playing up was great, but it also meant playing the back tees, Jeff. So it was a different experience for me because I normally play the whites. So go, mm -hmm. going to play the back tees a little different, the par threes where it was definitely the most noticeable. Um, so that's been something that was kind of a different approach for me, but, um, the course played harder. The greens were faster, but I liked it. And uh, I was happy with kind of where I ended up finishing out. But I know my son right now, sometimes he'll play the junior tee. Sometimes he plays the reds. And then sometimes I'll hit on those upper tees with him on a hole just to kind of change it up. Uh, my whole point in this whole being is that if you play at a club quite frequently, it is fun to change up the tees. Go forward once, go back once, change it for a different hole here and there. Um, I think that now you'll appreciate the course, but you'll see it from a different angle and you'll hit different clubs. That's one thing. Sometimes we play the same course over and over. You end up on every hole, almost hitting the same sequence every time. So we've talked about playing the right tees and all that, but even sometimes just for your own entertainment, I think it's really good sometimes to change it up. Don't be afraid to go up, play the front tees one time or go ahead and try, Hey, you know what? I'd like to try the back tee on this hole today. I'd never done it. Like, I think that's a uh, good advice for all of us. You know, we used to do during practice rounds sometimes, if you're going to a new course, we would play the forward tee. Mm -hmm. um, you know why? Because you, A, you're having fun, you play a little faster, and you made a lot more pars and birdies. So it was a great way to boost your confidence before a tournament round. So, yeah, I'm, you know, if you, if you go forward, you know, you go from the blue to the white tees, you're going to have more birdie putts. You're going to have more, you know, good wedges in the greens and things like that. And then you shoot a better score, you have more fun, and then you have confidence. So I don't, I recommend it for people. I don't think it's a bad thing to move forward. You know, I try to get all my golfers to move forward to the appropriate tees, A, so they have as much fun as they can when they play, and B, I mean, especially if you're preparing for a tournament, it's a little short, but you're, you know, you made a par on that hole or you made a birdie on that hole. So there's a lot more confidence in your, in your game because you're going to shoot a better score. So if you're struggling a little bit or you're not playing as well as you'd like, try pushing it a little bit forward, playing from a, a, a tee that's maybe too far forward for you. You'll have more fun. You'll have more birdie putts. You'll shoot a better score and your confidence will creep back in. And the same being true, you know, if you're going to be playing in the club championship as you did and went back to, uh, to try to get to the back tees, you know, having that confidence going back there, it's just a little longer shot, but you're still, you still have the good visuals of playing that hole before and have, you know, I always try to remember if I'm playing a golf hole that I played before, I try to remember the best shot I've ever hit on that hole or the, the best, you know, whatever I've had from this 150 yards, the best eight iron I've ever hit. Um, and I think in your case, you know, you're a very good player, you know, pushing yourself back there. If you want to step up in class, you're going to have to do that once in a while. If you want to yeah. keep your confidence, move forward. 
but you know, there's a, there's a balance there and, and take advantage of it. Don't get caught in the rut of playing from the same tees time and time again, hitting the eight iron in this hole every day, have some fun with it, move around, enjoy it, or maybe take less clubs, you know, move up yep. and play with five clubs or four clubs or, or move back and play with three clubs. Um, just changing up things will, will often spark something in your game that you didn't know was there. And your confidence might be right. Cause guess what? I went back this week to play it. And I went back to playing the whites and I shot my lowest round of the year there. So maybe you're Good right. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. It worked out great. And that makes it fun. And that's yeah. fun, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's supposed to be fun, Brian. Yeah. That's correct. One, t- one thing that was fun, I played this once. It was just myself and a friend. We wanted to play a match play. So you're not, maybe not as worried about your score, which you could do this with. And we said, okay, whoever wins the hole gets to pick the tees for the next hole. Whether mm, I you, like it. And, and you could say you can play – up at the junior tee, you can go all the way back to the black tee. You can play the, the senior tee. And then whoever won that hole, that would, they got to choose the next one. If you, or I don't know if we did it like whoever was losing got to pick it. But, I mean, you could obviously play around with it. But that's like a fun idea. If you're going out with a buddy, you want to play a match play, that's a good way to mix it up, play different tees and, you know, come up with a determining factor of who's going to get to pick it. And anytime you mix it up, it's, it's more fun. We used to play when we were kids. If you lost the hole, you had to carry my bag. So if I, you and I were playing and I beat you on that hole, you had to carry my bag for the next hole. You could get a guy down pretty good because he'd get pretty tired after five or six holes of carrying a bag. So I like it. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, anytime you're mixing it up or changing, you know, changing your perspective, changing anything on the golf course, you know, what, the golf course you're playing, it's probably good for your golf game. Last thing here, the Masters announcing this week, no patrons, no guests officially in November. I know you said you didn't really notice it at the PGA Championship or you didn't mind it. Uh, there won't be the, uh, the famous roars at Augusta this year. Yeah, you know, and Augusta is a little different because we all know the golf course so well after having watched it for 25 or 30 years. I've been there multiple times myself. And you know where the roar is coming from, what happened. So what, that's what's cool about Augusta. You know, if that roar came, you could tell where it came from, and then you knew who made the birdie or who made the eagle, and that's what was cool. Um, I imagine the Masters, it's going to be a one-time show in the fall. They're still going to put on a great visual presentation. It'll still be fun. I've enjoyed the golf even without the fans. It is better with the fans, but, you know, I became so engrossed in what was going on on the golf course that I I actually didn't notice the fans. So I think the same thing will happen with the Masters. Yep, I agree. Thanks, Jeff. We we got the FedEx Cup playoffs coming up next week, so we'll have a lot more to talk about. Looking forward to it, Brian. Thank you. All right. Jeff Metis, our PGA Pro, every week here on Tee to Green. Don't go anywhere. More still to come here. Kevin Sylvester rejoins me next year on Tee to Green on WGR. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned. More Tee to Green coming up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.